Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. So the winter freeze in Vancouver real estate carried over into January this year with basically record low sales volumes. Even with the big, big jump in brand new listings, inventory also remains drastically low. We're going to get into all of this and then tell you what happened with prices, which was super interesting in January, and then give you our forecast on what to expect in this upcoming spring market. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode. Right off the top here, I wanted to mention that Ryan and I have helped over 350 families through every type of market cycle, including very unique ones such as this. So if you're considering how this has affected your home's value or if it's even worth buying right now, just reach out using the contact information below. We'd love to have a chat with you. Okay, let's get right into the real estate numbers of what happened here in GVRD in January of 2023. So we always start off with sales. And as mentioned off the top, sales were near record lows. We only saw 1,022 units sell in the entire month of January. This is like less than half of what we saw a year ago, about 55% less than January of 2022, and about a 21% decrease than just last month. And for reference, the only other month that we saw lower sales volumes than this was the January of 2009, which was, of course, at essentially the peak of the global financial crisis. So similar, similar marketplace, similar buying sentiment to then, only... And a major difference is we're sitting here with about a third of the actual available inventory compared to the similar sales back in January of 2009. It's funny, Dan, because it, it sounds slow if you look at it on paper. And I mean, in, in many in many ways it is, but I've also been out on countless tours with buyers, just not seeing what's available, you know, listing listings and, and sellers that don't really see eye to eye with buyers it's not that there's deals that can be, couldn't be had. It's just that still haven't seen eye to eye yet. <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, let's get into the listings uh, because there was quite an increase uh, this month round. So 3,297 new listings in January. Um, that is a 21% decrease compared to January 2022. But get this, Dan, a 173% increase compared to December uh, of 2022. So definitely a, uh, a surge in terms of listings, uh, but it hasn't really helped our inventory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right number now. 173. You'd think that would drastically help our inventory crisis that we're going through. Uh, but lo and behold, we ended the month with only like seven, less than 7,500 active listings, which is very low. Again, for reference, uh, GFC this time back then, about 20,000 listings. So we're, yeah. we're a third of where we were compared to 2009. So it was an increase compared to where we were this time last year of about 32%. But essentially from December, month over month, it's flat. 
there was like 25 more listings than there was from the month before inventory remains the story. Inventory is keeping things from essentially falling off a cliff. Prices have been super flat for about seven, eight months now, which we're going to get into later. But again, it's inventory is kind of this, this bedrock that is keeping things uh, stable in essence. Yeah. It's kind of in lack of a better term, it's sort of artificially floated, uh, the price corrections that should have happened <laughs> in the Vancouver market. We just don't have the supply and we still have the demand that's kind of set this, uh, this baseline. Um, but the sales to active ratio is, is illustrated that we're down 4% this month over last. We are right inside of a balanced market at 13.7%. This is the lowest since the pandemic shut down in April, May of 2020. And before that, we were looking at June 2019. And this is a bit of a message to my buyers out there. Um, this is what it looks like. This is kind of as good as it gets in terms of a buyer's market. You're going to have to work, find the deals and really negotiate in, in the hopes of actually getting something. And uh, kind of interesting. I, I had a discussion with uh, a client of mine yesterday and uh, he's looking at selling his uh, two bed condo in North Vancouver and was like, you know, Ryan, I think I might sell this and then, you know, I might just rent for a year and then buy in 2024 when things are a bit better. And he asked me what I thought about that. And uh, my position was, I, I mean, logically, because you can't find something you want to buy, logically, it makes sense to wait. Um, but by putting it off by a year and not looking at the opportunities that might come out in the months to come, you're likely going to be in a scenario that we've seen uh, before, Dan, where we're competing again for properties and paying a little bit more for the properties as rates begin to turn later in the year or as they're expected to. Oh. So, you know, that whole wait and then buy when everyone's going to buy, I would really advise against that and put the foot, the footwork or the legwork in now so that when that property does show up here in a month or two, you are ready to buy it. That's, that's, you know, what I'm doing with a lot of my clients. Uh, and then, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about before I actually get into, uh, uh the asset classes and where we are for each one in the sales to active ratio was uh, I read a paper, uh, the other day and it was written by the, uh, Wharton school of economics and a very, very interesting, uh, paper on how, uh, the psychology of sellers selling in a, a downward market, um, loss aversion, if you can believe it, is two and a half times stronger than earning a profit when it comes to, to home sellers. So if, if a home seller was going to sell in a downward market, if they're selling at a loss or, or a potential loss, the aversion to that loss is two and a half times stronger than where they would be selling if it was for a profit. And what I mean by that is, and by a loss, I don't necessarily mean by what they paid for the home. I mean what they could have got for the home, say, eight months ago, right? So if they could have got $2 million eight months ago, and now it's $1.8, and they're staring down a loss of $200,000, losses, quote unquote, you know, they might have paid 
a million dollars for the property. So they're still up, but that up, that, that profit of 800,000 gets pushed away because of the loss aversion over that $200,000. And hence why we have this problem with buyers and sellers not seeing eye to eye when it comes to putting, um, a deal together in markets like this. So it'll be very interesting to see how it continues to play out. But I thought that that was a really interesting take on, um, why we tend to have this stalemate when, um, when price is correct. So anyhow, uh, just to finish off uh, the sales to active ratio, um, detached homes, this is the lowest it's been in three years. We're sitting at 10.2%. My goodness. That is a fantastic, uh, environment to be buying a home in. 13.4% for townhomes, so staring at a balanced market there. And again, a balanced territory at 16.7% for apartments. Guys, it's time. <laughs> the sales to active listings ratio, they basically call it, you know, seller's market, balanced market, or buyer's market. And yet to get into a buyer's market, the buyers basically have to step to the sidelines because the sales have to be low. A little ironic in that sense, because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, every buyer, you know, myself included, wants a ton of inventory, downward prices, no competition, that kind of thing. And yeah. you just cannot have all three in a marketplace that dictates the sales to active listings ratio that puts it below 12%. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, you were mentioning so it's like pick your poison, then. if you will. What's that? Yeah, yesterday you were mentioning how um, you know it does. It doesn't seem to get that much better for buyers. It just gets a little bit worse for sellers. And and yeah. you know that's an unfortunate reality of being in an invent inventory strapped market like we are in Vancouver. That is just it. So yeah, it's lesser of two evils, if you will. You know which yeah. which environment do you want to go buying in? One where you're yeah. competing and prices are going up, or one where there's very little inventory. And prices are flat or going down. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what the two options are, really. There's there's no real middle ground. It kind of jumps from one to the other. You know, you'll you'll have a, a sense of balance, which is about as close as we get to buyers uh, in Vancouver here when it comes to buyers market, and then it jumps back up into the sellers market. And hey, all of a sudden, everybody wants to buy as well, and the sales volumes rockets upwards. Yeah, and I I think you know based on what we've just seen, I, certainly the feeling on the ground feels a, a little busier than what these numbers are showing, and I think that uh, it's a, this is a little bit latent, but I think we'll start to see these numbers go back the other way here in in spring. Agreed. Okay, so what has all these minimum sales volumes done to prices? Well, HPI now the average home is sitting at one million one hundred and eleven thousand dollars. It is continuing to drop. We saw it drop another 0.3% from December, uh, and we're 6.5% down year over year. Now, of course, we're, we're much lower from the peak. If we look at it that way, we're down 14% since we peaked back in uh, March, April of last year. Now, it's important to point out the rate of decrease in the HPI is slowing. So it was much stronger. We were seeing like we had 1.5% just last month. Now, that has slowed to 0.3% here in January. So like I said, we're 13% off the peak here. Sorry, 14% off the peak. I've been calling for a total of 15% for, gosh, six, seven months now here, I think. And as we are cooling off here with the rate of decrease, that 15% may ring true again. Time will tell, of course. But let's compare it to how pricing did with the other metrics. Of course, median is one that we follow. Median prices went up 
$20,000 last month, now sitting at $890,000. And keep in mind, it's something I've been harping on, median prices were only 10,000 higher back in June. We've only decreased a total of 10 grand in the last eight months here. So median has been basically flatlined since June of last year. Um, average pricing went down 20 grand compared to median going up 20 grand. Uh, the average price of a home is now $1,116,000. It is down about 50% um, since that, uh, or since, sorry, it's down $50,000 since that same June that I referenced, um, but that equals about 4%. So we've got median and average still relatively flat. We've got HPI that's now caught up to them because, of course, average prices are down 15, 15%, compared to median, which is down 11 So you kind of see why I think this 15% bottom may still be true. And uh, yes, I did say bottom because, again, there are more and more cyclical signs that this cycle bottom is incredibly close. And we'll get into a little bit of that in our forecasting near the end of this episode. Yeah, for whatever reason, we end up being down 15% in HPI. I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it was a, it's a great prediction. But again, you know, I think um, seeing you know dramatically more losses, the, the fundamentals just aren't there. Uh, and a lot of the data, like we're talking about, a lot of the macro picture is stabilizing. So um, it'll be interesting to see how much more pressure the interest rates, uh, the interest rate hike cycle we've been through uh, continues to apply into this year with supply and demand clearly becoming a, or um, rearing its ugly head as it has in the past. So um, let's uh, talk quickly about days on market and then we'll um, we'll get into a little bit of uh, predictions here but uh, the days on market have hit 30 this is so it's taking on average a month to sell your home this is the highest we've seen since January 2020 uh, so uh, it is taking longer to sell your home without a doubt although as Dan has mentioned with the price points we aren't seeing a huge amount of movement and that's backed by the logic that we just talked about in that paper. So yeah, very interesting sort of uh, marketplace that we find ourselves in. It is. And again, this is, if you are a buyer, having essentially 30 days on average to kind of look at homes, find that home, this is a much more civilized marketplace. Yeah. As we know, we're is. coming out of an 18-month, two-year run here where you had to see the home in the first couple of days to decide if you were offering on it or not because then yeah. you would get into your due diligence and then you'd offer subject-free over ask on day seven. And that was just the reality. So mm. 30 days is a thing of beauty at this point in a sense. You can go out. You've got time. You can not just see what hits the market that week. You can look to four, five, six weeks of inventory and say, okay, cool. Well, let's look at a number of homes over time so we can truly compare and see if what we want to offer on is the best that is out there today. It's interesting because in, in much, uh, well, I guess different marketplaces uh, across like the U.S. and across a lot of Canada, you know, it's, it's a lot longer than 30 days to sell a home. It's, it happens, you know, here in Vancouver, 30 days happens to be a longer period of time. But historically speaking, you know, three to six months was typically what it took to sell a home. But we're in a very different place now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of forecasting here because the spring market is upon us and there's a lot of different economic factors this time around. And I guess first, I just want to elaborate a little bit on why I keep harping on why I believe 15% will be the total drop for GVRD when it comes to HPI pricing. First, I am looking to history. 
When you look at the HPI from here back to the 80s, every cycle has never seen a bottom lower than 15%. They come in 9, 12, 15, that kind of thing. So while history is no solid predictor of the future, it is something that we look to for reference. And that's one data point. Two, of course, is the fact that you look at the sentiment out there. And the last time we saw a cycle like this, as soon as pricing gets down 9 to 10 or, or more percentage, people start to see Vancouver real estate as it's on sale. Two, you've got the banks that, you know, understandably have, um, they've been, there's less mortgage originations because people are pulling back because, you know, prices don't typically go down in a hot market. So banks find a way to stimulate the market. They find ways to get money lent, right? Whether it's reducing the, um, the lending rates or, extending amortizations, whatever it is, banks find a way to lend more money because they're in the business of lending money. So when things get down to that price point, they're like, okay, well, let's find something to do. Lo and behold, here we are again. Yes, it has largely based on where um, the Bank of Canada has gone with their interest rates, but we have mortgage rates that are lower today than they were a month ago because we're getting close to that 15% bottom. So here comes Mm -hmm. the stimulus again. Um, We know we aren't going to see a high number of foreclosures in this market, right? We're coming off of record low foreclosures with people still essentially wealthy from the pandemic era. Yes, insolvencies are increasing. Yes, credit card debt is increasing. Yes, people are stretched with their mortgages, but again, they are paying their mortgages first. Um, two, I think Ryan's factor, or three, Ryan's factor of, of sellers just being a bit reluctant to not lose money, even if it was hypothetical money. Yeah, um, yeah. That's been proven for the last nine months here, right? We are not seeing nine months into this downturn any sign of panic selling. So that's this low inventory base is keeping everything largely stable, if you will, and is setting the precedent of where we're going next. And of course, three, as realtors, we feel it on the ground. We talk to all of our mortgage specialists when everybody is essentially talking up, up, up right now. Our team was in multiples on the buy and sell side at least six, seven times just last week. Um, mm-hmm. our, our, one of our main mortgage specialists here, he said he had more applications in the last two weeks than he had in the last like couple of months here. These are the early indicators of what's going to come. And you wrap yeah. that in with another you know, low inventory environment. And to me, based on my experience in this marketplace and all the cycles I've lived and worked through, I'm feeling the bottom is very, very close here. And typically, while it might be a little bit more flat moving forward, uh, things don't really just like come along the bottom for too long in this marketplace. I think we're going to see an upside coming um, you know, in the next few months here. I'm not saying it's going to the moon, but we're going to see an upside start to happen in the next few months here is, is my guess today. Yeah, instead of instead of um, prices correcting down HPI, like I said, and like I agree largely with what you said, I think things are gonna they're gonna they're gonna flatline for a little bit here, but not for long. And uh, it'll really come down to I think if we start to see some some better product at the marketplace here, uh, I, I really think we're gonna start to see buyers probably more out of frustration than anything else uh, make those purchases because they still you know they need a place to live like it or not, you know, the marketplace is the market, but you know, life goes on. So I, I do feel that, you know, like you said, Dan, barring some external event or, or, you know, barring inflation, uh, doing something that we, we can't see coming. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree largely with what you're saying. I, I, I think things are going to heat up to some degree in the springtime here. 
Yeah, the one interesting variable that could happen here is we're seeing incredibly strong jobs reports for both here in Canada and in the States, right? They just reported 517,000 new jobs in January and uh, it crushed estimates. Nobody thought the economy was that strong and unemployment's at a 53-year low in the States, okay? That gives their central bank a bit of a headache in the sense that, hey, if everybody's earning money, they're also spending money. And so yeah. does this then allow them to continue to increase rates, right? They, they, all, they both came out north and south with the tone that rates are going to be held, but held based on future data, of course, as it always yeah. is. But the data now is saying that the economy is strong. We're not entering a recession based on, on, on the employment factor that you factor mm-hmm. into uh, if a recession is happening or not. And then, so sure, if, if all of a sudden spending picks up again, Stock market picks up again as it's been doing. Uh, you know, be careful what you wish for because if things are good, <laughs> they're going to try and maybe squash it down a little bit more. So, yeah. sure, all of a sudden, you know, we get a fifty percent hike uh, on March eighth. Well, that definitely changes the marketplace and the landscape. Yeah, yeah, and and like you said, there's there is a, an argument for that to take place again. It's going to come down to the inflation prints that we see likely next month, right, or or this month, I should say. Uh, that'll yeah. be a, a good indicator in terms of where we're likely to go in March. So, yeah, very interesting time. We're not out of the woods yet, by any means. But. We are not. We are not. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're out of the gates here in February. Um, we're absolutely seeing an increase in activity. There's no question in my mind sales are going to be higher than they were in January. I mean, that's yeah. very typical, but uh, it, it may be by a, a pretty decent factor. So we'll keep you updated. Keep you updated mid-month, even as to how things are going, because it's moving so quick. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this one, please subscribe and obviously share it with someone who may benefit from this episode. Thanks again and have an awesome day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.